Welcome back, Clocks on the Stove. We got another college football action for you, College Football Week 8, Episode 108. Your usual host, myself, Grayson Fisher, with me, holding down to South Florida, Mr. Zachary Douglas Watts. Nothing came out, Zach. Damn it. Uh, I guess the burp broke <laughs> the sound barrier. Um, um, we got five interesting games to talk about and a fun little draft for you guys. Our first game actually happens to be College Game Day. We got number seven, Penn State, traveling to number three, Ohio State. Ohio State coming in at a minus four and a half favorite. This game's at noon on Fox. Fox is always like the Big Ten channel, guys. Um, interesting game. I mean, but these two teams are kind of doing, I would say, opposite of each other. Ohio State's kind of undergoing what people, their expectations. Nothing really blown anyone out of the park. I haven't really put up any crazy numbers. Their quarterback's looking a lot better now. Then he was at the beginning of the season, which is good in Kyle McCord. He's 109, 170, 1651 passing, 11 touchdowns, one pick. There are, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. starting to get a little more touches. Trav- Travion? Travion Harrison? Is that how you say his name? Yeah, Travion. Henderson, excuse me. He's uh, doing phenomenally well. Their, their offense is starting to look back to place. The defense never looked like it left because Ryan Day is, I believe, a very good defensive mastermind. But the offense starting to come back into place. On the other end of things, I mean, obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. is one of the best players in college football. On the other things, you have, I believe he's a freshman. You have a sophomore in Drew Alar who has not thrown an interception this year. He has over 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns, zero picks, and a 74.6 QBR. I don't know if he's rushed. He's also ran for three touchdowns. They're calling this kid, like, the next big Penn State guy. You know, Penn State also has two extremely talented running backs. Um, sorry, I'm trying to pull this up real quick. If two extremely talented running backs and first Patron Allen, he's a sophomore. He's rushing for 78 carries, 375 yards and three touchdowns. On the other side of things, you have Nick Singleton, who's just an absolute dog. He's also a sophomore, 89 touches, 362 yards and six touchdowns. Their offense is looking dirty actually, which is really good, but no one's really given Penn state a chance and I'm going to join that train. I'm a big James Franklin hater. He has never done anything that impresses me. Let's look over some of <clears throat> James Franklin's uh, stats. I can't find the exact tweet. But in James Franklin's time, I don't know why I couldn't. I can't find it. It's, it's very frustrating. He's 0-6. He's he's like, I think he's 1-11 versus top 15 teams. He's like... One and six against top ten. Zero oh and five versus top top five. Uh, he's never won in a, a top fifteen away game, and I don't. I think he only has like one ranked away game in general. And he's one and eleven versus Ohio State. So for everyone out there, it's like this is our time. This is our year. You have the most unclutch coach ever, who goes ten and two every year, and then wins a Orange Bowl or something, and goes eleven and two. Every single year. That's what he does. <clears throat> I actually saw a Joel Klatt breakdown on him, and they were questioning um, they were questioning why Penn State doesn't play such an easy-ass schedule. And actually, I'm going to credit James Franklin to this. He goes, until we see a playoff expansion, we're going to keep playing the schedule we play. Because as of right now, the college football playoff is not about the four best teams. It's about the four best records. And so far, that's what it's been. There's been teams that have been better that haven't gotten in with two losses or even with one loss, and he's right on that. As, as much as I don't agree, that's how it should be. That's how it is, and he's playing the game that's given to him. But 
he's a very good recruiter and Penn State's very easily easy to recruit to. They have probably the best home atmosphere games outside of the SEC, definitely top five in college football. But he doesn't win big games and he never has. And going to Ohio State isn't going to change. I'm going to take Ohio State minus four and a half. I don't think Ohio State's going to do anything crazy. I just don't think James Franklin's that guy. He's like a, he's like, Ryan Day is like the Walmart version of Urban, and James Franklin's like the Walmart version of Ryan Day. That's how that's how I look at this this game. Give me Ohio State minus four and a half. Very interesting. One thing that I'm really looking at when I see this game is usually when you have these two like juggernauts in the Big Ten face off against one another. This typically is a must win game for both teams. Like if you want to make it to the college football playoff, you have to win this game. The difference is. This is one of the only games I'm going to say where you don't really have to win this game. In my opinion, like what I'm pretty much saying is like, obviously it's a must win for your program. You want to get that win to really give you the best chance in order to make the playoffs. But let's say Ohio state or Penn state loses this game. If you turn around and end up somehow beating Michigan and then winning the big 10 championship, you're back, you're back in the college football playoff. No doubt about it. Like, no doubt about it. So it's a very interesting predicament where like there are there is a lot at stake. I'm not trying to take away from the kind of atmosphere that plays into this. It is a rivalry game. It is a lot of a lot of things on the line. But it it's one of those things where like just because you lose, the season isn't over. You're both six and oh. This may be your only loss on the year, on the year bearing you beat Michigan, which is a tall task considering how well Michigan's playing this year. But it's not impossible. Like, you you have some leeway going into this game. The way I kind of look at this game right now, look, I think Drew Alar has gone very under the radar this year for Penn State. I think he's made time in and time out the right plays every game. The fact that he hasn't thrown a pick all year, extremely impressive. The fact that he's a sophomore playing this Big Ten schedule, playing as well as he is, extremely impressive. Like, they are without a doubt playing – competitive football, winning football, and top-tier football. Like, they're able to compete with almost any team in the country. The line is very weird to me just because Ohio State hasn't really impressed me at all this year. Yes, the defense has continuously stepped up, and they have playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. They do have playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. I'm just not seeing the kind of cutthroat put away that we've seen back in the Urban Meyer days where it was like, they're going to go out there and beat you by 60, and you may sniff a red zone appearance, if that. Now it's kind of like Ohio State kind of just gets by. They beat the teams they're supposed to. They play closer games than they should. Are they going to show up against quality competition? This is really like, to me, like, let's go through their schedule real quick. I don't believe they've played. They haven't played anybody. Yeah, haven't played anyone. Wait, you talking about Ohio State or Penn State? Ohio State. I mean, neither of them, really. Ohio State played at Notre Dame and won. And then they beat Maryland by 20. Maryland was good. Penn State, I don't think they've done – yeah, Penn State hasn't done anything. Yeah, and the Notre Dame game, your and defense – They beat Iowa 31-0, to but who, what the fuck is Iowa? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> by the way, the fact that I was uh, not head coach, the son of the head coach, um, I forget his name, the fact that he wrote in his contract that he's going to score 25 points per game – and now for the rest of the season, he has to score 31 points per game if he wants a chance to keep his job, which is insane to me because imagine going 11 and one and you lose your job yeah. because you just didn't follow through 
with what you're going to say. That's why, in my opinion, just take the contract. Don't add in any bullshit. Like, don't screw yourself over because you quite literally are going to lead this Iowa team to a decent, if not good record, and you're not going to keep your job just because you couldn't follow through on the one promise you had on your contract. I mean, they'll probably find some bullshit around it. Yeah, like, keep, they're going to keep them if they go 11 to 1. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, well, it, it, it's a stepping stone, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be and, hard now, though, that Brad McNamara's out, though. McNamara? McNamara. It's called him McMarmo. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, Zach, what's your pick for this game? Honestly, I'm going to take Penn State to cover, to be honest. The last time Ohio State played a quality opponent, they relied on their defense to win the game. I think it's going to be very similar. Anytime they play a stout defensive team, they end up not scoring as many points as they're supposed to. So I think it's going to be a low-scoring Big Ten affair. You're going to see a lot of the ground game get involved. Obviously, you're going to have Marvin Harrison make a play here or there to like keep some drives going. But you know, all year it feels like they should be using Marvin Harrison Jr. more than they should, and he's just not getting as involved as he needs to be. So give me Penn State to cover uh, plus four and a half. Before we dive into our next game, I want to give a little shout-out. <clears throat> we have UCF at number six, Oklahoma. At noon on ABC, Oklahoma minus 19-point favorite. UCF, the old stomping ground, and what gave Dylan Gabriel his name versus their old guy, Dylan Gabriel. So it's going to be interesting playing against all your old friends, playing against your old squad. That's going to be cool to see. Um, I expect UCF to cover minus 19. I still think Oklahoma beats them, but when you know the guy doing it, it's a little easier. I don't know. Anyways, our next (laughs) – You think (laughs) – it doesn't really matter. Fuck that game. Our next game, <laughs> SEC matchup, number 17, Tennessee, traveling to Alabama to play number 11, Roll Tide. We got uh, this game's at 3.30 on CBS. Zach, you want to start us off with this football game? Yeah, look, no matter if you agree with this or not, this is how I view this Alabama team. They're the same defense they've always been. Their offense just isn't what it used to be. That's the only difference. And quite frankly, when I look at this Tennessee Tennessee squad, you know, coming into the year, you looked at Joe Milton being like, oh, my God, he throws the ball 120 yards. Like, this man is going to be Hendon Hooker, but better. Um, Doesn't have the leadership of Hendon Hooker. Doesn't have the bald head of Hendon Hooker. Just doesn't have the eliteness uh, of just Hendon. He doesn't have that Rocky Top vibe to him that Hendon Hooker did. Hennon Hooker just fit the vibe of a Tennessee Hennon quarterback. Hennon Hooker was a Tennessee quarterback, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was a ball through and through. Um, But when I look at this Tennessee team, like just su- supremely underwhelming. Um, Yeah, you're still ranked, but you have some pretty embarrassing losses, uh, in my opinion. Loss, but yeah. Or loss, yeah. And embar- it feels like two losses, honestly. Like you lost a game, but then you realize you also lost to Florida. So that's got to be like a <laughs> whammy. That's got to be like. Papa. Yeah, it's got to be the worst thing in the world. Um. But, yeah, I I don't see them moving the ball uh, a lot against this Alabama team. And, look, ever since um, the quarterback for Alabama, why is his name escaping me right Jaylen now? Jalen Milrow. Yeah, Jalen Milrow. Sorry, didn't remember your name, dog. But you've been balling out recently ever since you're benching. I still firmly believe that something happened for you to get benched. I don't think you got benched because of your playing ability. Because yeah, I, I saw your backups, and you're a lot better than them. And there so. wasn't even one point where they're like, all right, fuck it, we should bring him in. Just yeah, didn't no. do you didn't even touch the field. Yeah, at all. Like what didn't warm up did nothing. So that kind of lets me know that something something was cooking up there in Tuscaloosa, and it wasn't a moonshine, if you know what I mean. Um, but look, 
Nick Saban is still him. Uh, just because he doesn't bring home a national championship every other year doesn't mean that he's lost a step. Sure. Are they as overpowered as they used to be? No. Thanks to NIL and stuff, other teams can compete and give them a little money under the table, if you know what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I think this Alabama team is still very good. I think they're very competitive. And I think that they're one of the few teams that aren't going to shoot themselves in the foot. And this Tennessee team just isn't, doesn't have that hype, doesn't have that swagger that it did last year. And although the fans may be a little Delulu up there, just thinking that they've got a chance. Look, you lost to Slick Rick and the Gators. I ain't giving you much of a chance against the Crimson Tide, buddy. So sorry about it. Give me Alabama. What's the, what's the spread? Minus nine. Yeah, give me give me Alabama to cover. Cover or money line to cover? Give me the cover. I'm going to take Alabama money line. Um, not that I don't think they can't beat uh, Tennessee by nine. I just they haven't beaten really anybody by that much this whole season. Um, I also am going to take the under at 48.5. I know life's too short to take the under. But both of these offenses are so fucking underwhelming. And the only, like, electric offense is uh, is Tennessee, and they're not going to be electric in Alabama. We saw how fucking unelectric they were at Florida. And sorry to break it to you, buddy, but this team's a shit ton better than Florida. The other thing I want to talk about, too, is how- Alabama can still win the Natty. Like, they lost one fucking game to a top-five team, and everyone already wrote them off. They could literally win out the rest of their schedule, beat Georgia in the SEC Championship, and go to the playoffs. Like, they are completely fine and on track. They're undefeated in the SEC. I don't understand. Yeah, they're they're underwhelming. Um, Sorry, I'm writing on the under. They're underwhelming, but they're still really fucking good, bro. They beat Arkansas, close game, yeah. At Texas A&M, close game, who cares? They're winning games. That's, the, that's what Nick Saban does. Nick Saban ain't gone. He's still Nick Saban. He's still fucking kicking ass. Ole Miss is what? What is Ole Miss is 13th in the country. 15. And they 15th in the country. And they beat them 24 to 10. Like, I don't – like, Alabama's fine. I completely agree with you. Jalen Milrow did something to get benched in that game. It had nothing to do with him getting beat out or the Texas we'll game. We'll get to the bottom of it. But um, I think Alabama's going to go in there and handle them. I don't think Tennessee is really worth a shit. And, like, my whole – Twitter feed has been like Tennessee and Alabama guys talking about rivalry, but I couldn't even tell you the last time Tennessee beat Bama besides last year, which was completely on the fucking refs in my opinion. To give me Bama money line and give me under 48 and a half, I still believe in Nick Saban. I still believe in this Bama team. I think they're still going strong, and I'm rooting for them. I'm usually against them, but right now I hate Georgia more, so I'm rooting for Bama. I agree with that. Our next game is another SEC game, and for some reason we always get to talk about South Carolina football. South Carolina going to number 20, Missouri. This game 330 on the SEC network. Missouri coming in at a minus seven. First thing you got to talk about before you dive into anything is the two best college, two best receivers in college football, probably outside of Marvin Harrison and Keon Coleman between Xavier Leggett and I think it's what's his first name? Luden? Luther? Yeah, uh, Luther Burden the third. Yeah. I mean, dude, these guys are putting up insane numbers. Leggett 37 for 716 and three touchdowns. Burden 56 for 808 and five touchdowns. They're two of the best guys in the SEC, two of the best guys in college football. Spencer Rattler looking very solid, which is weird to say because he usually sucks. Um, and Cook, I don't know. I don't really know too much about I think it's Brady Cook. Yeah, Brady Cook. He's a junior. He's looking solid, 14 touchdowns and three picks. 
spent the I, I, I have a guy I coach with. His name is Drew. He's one of the he's the head trainer at Cooper's uh, Sports Performance and Rehabilitation Center. He is a former Gamecock alumni. And we talk all the time. And we had a conversation the other day, because if you guys don't know that they should have beaten Florida and they lost in the very like last drive of the game. And it's their own line. Like the I'm gonna take Missouri in this game. I'm gonna take them minus seven. And it's gonna be a very fun game to watch in the first half. And then the O line is just gonna shit the bed. Because every time I watch South Carolina this year, they look so fucking good in the first half. You're like, dude, this is like a real ass team. And then their O line just kills Spencer. They they have like a vendetta against him. And they're like, fuck this kid. He's getting sacked 40 times this season. Yeah. I mean, they got Leggett who's balling. They're tight end. I don't remember his name. He's very solid too. Spencer Rattler's doing decent. It's their O-line. And at the end of the day, like it's that important. Their defense isn't bad. They're a good team. It's just their fucking O-line. I like this Missouri team. I'd like to see them going seven and one. I'd like to see them making a little bit of no- uh, making a little bit of noise, making a little bit of buzz. But they're gonna end up finishing out this- the season probably ten and two, losing to Georgia. I do like them though. I like Brady Cook. I like their head coach. I like Luther Burden third. Give me the Missouri Tigers. Minus seven. Yeah. One thing I will say for sure is this game's probably going to hit the over. The Missouri Tigers have done a terrible job of slowing teams down. 60. Um, it's 60. Yeah. Oof. That may be rough. That may well, be rough. To put it in perspective, one. Almost every game. Every, every game is pretty- 55 or more for, for Missouri. South Carolina hits 60. Every game but Georgia. Yeah, I'm gonna take the over then. Um, just because both teams don't like playing defense very much, so you love to see it. It's either that or they just really only care about offense, and either way, I'm satisfied with that because I love watching uh Leggett Maust, Xavier Leggett just absolutely ball out. He's one of the top receivers in the country for a reason. And when I look at this Missouri team, you know, they play exciting football. You know, it's not it's not like um it's not like some teams where you're like Oh, we're gonna do whatever it takes to win. They they don't care. Like they will go out there and run their style of offense. They'll air it out when they need to. They'll keep it on the ground when they have to. It it's just beautiful football. I love watching it. The fact that they got the thicker kicker on their team, just booting up bombs. I don't. I think he's like what five ten two sixty. He's a dog. I'm gonna yeah, try to get the actual stats up on him. Yeah, that's a thick boy. Um. Yeah, I called them losing over LSU just because I thought they couldn't withstand the firepower of LSU. I was right. And in this one, you know, I'm going to take Missouri. 5'11", 245. You fat sack of shit. But I don't care if you're fat as long as you're kicking bombs. Remember, last time we had a fat kicker, he went famous. Uh, the What was it, the Penn State kicker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, shout out him. Um, also... Shout out to mental health. He actually quit football to focus on his mental health. So, um, you know, when you need when you need to take a step away from the game to focus on your life, it's important. Never never forget. Um, amen. Amen, brother. Uh, I will say this. This Missouri team probably going to give up around like 30 points. Probably 30. They may all come in the first half. They may all come in the first half. It may be like South Carolina 31, Missouri 17. And then the O line is going to screw Spencer Adler, and then Missouri's going to end up winning. That, that's kind of how 38 34. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. Well, no, nah, it's not going to score. It'll be like 42 38, something dumb, something like, something like that. 
But yeah, that's kind of how I see it playing out. Give me Missouri money line. Our next game is probably the game. We got the number 16 Duke Blue Devils traveling to Doke Campbell Stadium to play the number four Florida State Seminoles. This game on ABC at 7.30 p.m. If Duke did not lose to Notre Dame, you know damn well this would have been college game day. Zach Long, I, I don't know. Start us off. Nah, because they know Ohio State Michigan is going to be game day. What other game day are we going to get? So this yeah. is the best opportunity for us. True. This is true. This is true. Okay. Here's how I look at this game. If this game was at Duke, I'd be shitting my britches. Since this game's at Doke, I'm peeing my pants. I'm not, not not really waking up super early, not really losing any sleep over it, but I'm definitely going to be locked into the first quarter because I'm going to be honest, watching this Florida State team these last couple weeks, we just haven't put it together. It feels like every time I turn on the game, I'm like, oh, my fucking God. I'm like, I'm like, dude, if we played a better team, right? If we play like this against a better team, we're going to lose. Unfortunately, we are playing one of the better teams right now. So if we end up playing how we have in weeks past, we're not going to look very good. The thing is, though, we have stepped up to the level of competition we've needed to in weeks past. I look at the LSU game and I look at the Clemson game. LSU game played perfect football. Clemson game, when you don't play your best football and you're still able to win games, that is very, very good. At your best, you should be able to beat anyone. At your best. it. But what separates the good and the great is when you're not at your best, are you still able to win games? And Florida State is, in my opinion. So the way I'm looking at this, look, Duke's got a quality quarterback, quality running back. They've got a good defense. They're playing sound football and a great head coach. I want to give all the praise in the world to their head coach. Can't think of his name right now for the life of me. Scorn me for it later. But he has kind of turned this Blue Devils program around. I hope he stays because my biggest fear is he's going to go chase the money. Yeah, I can't remember his fucking name either. But screw that. Make Duke a football school. They're always going to be a basketball school. But try to make it a football school for maybe a season or two. I think that would be really awesome to see, especially for our boy Anthony Nelson to just have one last baller a year. Mike Elko. Yeah, Mike Elko. That's what it is. Yeah, Yeah, Mike Elko. Been doing extremely well for them. Great coach, fundamental game plans, really knows the strengths of his team. Only problem is he's going up against Mike Norvell, who I think his players would quite literally die for him if they needed to. Everything I've ever heard about Mike Norvell has been nothing but great. I have not heard one negative thing unless it's from a Florida fan and it's some bullshit. So I don't Billy Napier, yeah, okay. Yeah, Mike Norvell turned around Florida State in two years. Give Billy Napier some time. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mike Norvell didn't bring in fucking Graham Mertz. Yeah. Mike back. Norvell brought in Keon Coleman. Who are you bringing in? Lamar Odom. <laughs> His name's actually Jonathan Odom. Uh, just <laughs> make a little joke there. Yeah, a little joke uh, through Zach. Regardless, looking at this game, how I think it's going to play out. What's the line again? 14 and a half. Yeah, I'm taking Duke 13 and a half, 13 and a half. I'm taking Duke to cover. Yeah, it's it's an ACC conference matchup. It's in Doke. I'm also the- taking Duke to cover. Um, but not because Duke is good at football, but because <laughs> uh their defense, their offense is butt cheeks. It's like actually really fucking dog shit. Riley Leonard got like worshipped for his play against Clemson and then he never did anything again. We're in week eight of college football, and this kid has three touchdowns and one pick. Hmm. They're, they're, I know their their offense is extremely carried by the running back Jordan Waters. 
65 carries, 426 yards, and nine touchdowns. Basically, they drive the field and then just feed him in the end zone. But the team's defense is what worries me about Florida State. They're not going to go in there and run the scoreboard. That's just, like, not going to happen. But, I mean, dude, listen to this. Points scored on Duke, 7-14, 7-14-3. It's really fucking hard to score on their defense. Their defense is really good. If you look at the reason why they beat Clemson, it was because their defense caused three turnovers. Their defense is solid. I think their defense is going to frustrate Florida State in the beginning, but I think the second half Florida State takes off, carries it away. I'm actually going to go back on my pick, and I'm going to take Florida State minus 13.5 just because I think Florida State can put up 21 points, and I don't think Duke could put up more than 10, maybe. Maybe. I what's think- our what's uh, Florida State's streak of 30 points or more? I think like, we're – Every game this year? No, it goes into last year. Yeah, um, I have no idea. Pretty sure it's like – Nine or ten games in a row, we've scored over 30 points. Yeah, so I think – I just think that – I think in the beginning it's going to frustrate us, but I think what's going to happen is our defense is going to shut down their offense so much that their defense is going to be on the field forever, and it's just going to be inevitable. Like, it's going to be one of those things where it's like Duke football is playing good, but their defense is starting at their own 40 every fucking time they're on the field, and they only get 10 seconds of break. So I think Florida State uh, uses the depth and spreads them out and, and kind of picks them apart here. Yeah, I think another thing that's important to note – is I don't like looking at Duke's last five opponents, Northwestern, Lafayette, UConn, NC State, not predominantly known for their offensive firepower. So they haven't really been tested like that. I mean, dude, still holding a team to one score in D1 football is really fucking good. Indeed. Indeed. I, I will agree. But one thing Mike Norvell loves to do, and I love watching it every week, is we go for it on fourth down probably more than any team I've ever seen in my entire life. Like if it's less than fourth and fourth and three, like we're going for it every time. I I already know, like without a doubt. And the fact that we have weapons like Trey Benson and Toa Feely in the backfield, I don't even ha- I don't even have to talk about Keon Coleman. Johnny Wilson's also returning this week. You have weapons. You have weapons. So I don't think Duke has the firepower per se to really go shot for shot or blow for blow with Florida State. So I am going to take Florida State. I just think Florida State loves to shoot themselves in the foot and keep games a lot closer than they should be. I think I don't think they've covered in they covered against Syracuse and Southern Miss, but other than that, not not much. Covered against L- the top no, twenty, they, they they covered LSU. They beat they beat LSU. They... Yeah, they covered LSU actually. Yeah. Week yeah. one though, hard hard to make lines for week one. It's LSU. Worst defense in the country. Let's be honest. Still LSU, brother. Yeah. Anyways, our last game. I don't really have too many words to say because I don't really give a shit. We have number 14, Utah, traveling to number 18, USC. This game at on Fox at 8 o'clock. Both teams are 5. Oh, excuse me, Utah's 5-1, USC 6-1. The favorite is USC minus 7. Utah's obviously been not feeling too hot without having um yeah, right. rising. I can't find when he's supposed to be returning. They don't really know. Their defense is literally keeping them alive in every game because their offense just is not putting up numbers. 24, 20, 31, but that was against Weber State. 14, 21, and 34. Like they're this is a team that's offense usually putting up like Florida State offensive numbers. On the other side of things, Caleb Williams throws three interceptions against Notre Dame. They show that they have a weakness. And if you remember, Zach, Utah beat USC both games last year. We're talking about the regular season game at Utah, and we're talking about the Pac-12 championship. I do think USC wins just because I don't think Utah has the firepower to go drive for drive with them. I'm going to take USC minus seven. I'm still not sold in this USC team, though. 
and I still think that Oregon and Washington are better teams than them. Um, I saw this tweet earlier this week, and I thought it was the funniest thing in the world because of how true it is. Whoever the top team in the Pac-12 is every year just loses to Utah and then destroys their playoff chances. And although USC may not be the top team right now in the Pac-12, or are they still the top team? Mm-hmm. Washington's number one, and then Oregon's yeah. number two. Okay, so since they're not number one, I think they're able to beat Utah. If they were number one, they're 100% losing yeah, this game. Yeah, L. L, automatic. Um, <sighs> unfortunately, or fortunately for them, they were able to lose last week, which saved them by being giving them the chance to win this week. Otherwise, the football gods would have inevitably crushed any chance for USC. One thing I want to talk about, um, actually, let me finish with this game first. I think USC is going to win. I also, ugh, are they going to cover? Dude, there's no way Utah, dude, USC has put up 56, 66, 56. Their minimum points is 42. Utah's max points is 24 or 34. And they did it once. Uh, what is USC giving up per game? Around twenty points. Around twenty points. Okay. Yeah, Utah's I'll... not scoring. Utah's scoring around twenty points. Okay, fair enough. I'll take USC covering. Sure, why not? Here's the one thing I want to talk about though. So Caleb Williams came out and said he's probably not going to sign a deal with a pro team. Now I, I want to try to confirm this before, but until I've confirmed it for sure, I guess this is just rumors. But from what I've been seeing going around, is that Caleb Williams won't sign to an NFL team unless he gets a stake. In the team, I saw that. I don't know how accurate it is, though. I don't know. I don't know the accuracy on that, but I did see a post on that. Yeah, let me let me just. No one is going to do that, brother. That is not how that works. Let me throw this out there, just so everyone knows. When Aaron Rodgers won his like second or third MVP, he asked for a stake in the Packers organization, and they said no. You haven't taken a fucking snap in the NFL. Yeah. What makes you think he hasn't won a national title either? By the way, by the way, by the way, the last time a player demanded money or something along those lines, similar to a deal like this, was Jamarcus Russell. So I was actually watching a video about this earlier. Jamarcus Russell signed to the Raiders and then refused to show up to training camp or OTAs until they restructured his contract. They restructured his rookie contract to like six years, $61 million and like 30 million of it guaranteed. And then he became Jamarcus Russell. If you think any team in the NFL is going to ever make that mistake again, outside of the Chicago bears, you're delusional. You're out of your mind. You're like, you literally are smoking crack. You may need to be drug tested. In my opinion. So yeah, just wanted to put that out there. Absolutely not going to happen. Also, Buddy, this, like, I get you say you're only going to play for, like, one of five teams in the NFL. Otherwise, you're returning for your fourth year. You're only hurting yourself if you return for another year, (laughs) in my opinion. Sure, you can go out and ball out for one more year, being one year more experienced, whatever you want to say to it. But, like, you're still going to be in the same position where another shitty team is going to draft you. It's it, it's not like the NBA where it's like they do a lottery draft and it's like, oh, well, you may get the best yeah, of this. That, that's what I don't understand. It's like, oh, you're upset that these teams suck. Well, when you go to get drafted the next year, those teams also suck. Yes. 
<laughs> they say that that's why they get you. Yeah, like, oh my god, like I, I really don't understand. Like, look, if you want to sign your deal and say, hey, I'm not like I'm gonna like I'll sign the deal, but I'm sitting out my first year. Understandable. I would even go as far as to say that that's okay. Although, still, bitch move. In my opinion, don't respect it. I don't respect it, but at the same time, like, hey, you understand it though. You understand yeah. it. Yeah, I got to respect. You don't agree it. with it, but you get you understand the perspective of the choice. Yes, exactly. So, not not gonna put myself in your shoes. Not gonna not gonna walk two moccasins. Yeah, <laughs> not not gonna call you any names. I may call you a name or two here or there, but regardless, know your place. You're a college quarterback still. You can still make a lot of money from NIL. Enjoy it while you have it. But once it's time to go pro, you're a professional. Act like it. Amen. But I digress. But I digress. But, um, yeah, you want to throw us in? Uh, before I draft, I also have one more thing I want to bring up just because um, this was by far the funniest uh, thread I've ever seen in my life. Um, and this has to do with Texas A&M. So – Someone, oh, I saw. Yeah, you sent me this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So someone came out and said, uh, this was a very difficult loss for the Aggies. Not many people know this, but Texas A&M has hired a new nutrition coordinator and they utilize grains much more than protein. The theory is that by eating more grains, that players will have more stamina. The problem is, is that their indigestion or their ingesting causes gas and it is not typical everyday gas. This is chronic and it leads to a lot of problems, including fatigue. Several folks with inside knowledge of the program have told me that this is a real problem with the players have and complained about it. It is an intestinal issue. I think they meant internal, but intestinal is just as funny. This is an intestinal issue. And that type of gas is not normal. When you have players passing gas, literally every play, that is the problem. I think you could tell in the fourth quarter that the Aggies were struggling. The training table and nutrition was vital to any team success. Here's what I have to say about this. Number one, when this man sat down for his interview, what did he say to make you buy into this grains bullshit? Yeah. If it is true, if it's true, because you couldn't convince me of all people that grains would be the key. Like, like what animal did you point to and be like grains? Like all they eat is grains and they run. Like all they do is run. run. And they run. Like, I've never heard that. Number two, number two, we have to get Texas A&M mic'd up. We have to. But on their butts. But on the, like, put it, put the mic right behind. And I just want to, I want a full game fart compilation. I'm I'm surprised like South Park or Family Guy has gotten a hold of that yet. I mean, they might, they, they might honestly, but like, honestly, like it's two minutes left against Alabama. It's like, the drive, they go into the like they they have the the Duke video where like it's the last two minutes of all the coaches and shit, and like every five seconds it's just like yo we need to run up, like we we, we need we need to go over here, and it's like it's like oh uh thirty six is out, he's shitting his pants, he can't do it, and they're like we need like Pepto, we need Pepto. It's like thirty years down the line, they talk about the shit game, and it's like yeah, I shit my pants in the fourth quarter, but I put the team on my back. It's like I went out there. It's always out of the mind of a Greg Jennings. (laughs) Yeah. I walked out there with white pants. I went home with fucking maroon. I shit my pants with bloody stool. I put the team on my back. We beat Alabama. We beat beat the shit out of them and ourselves. Literally. 
Um, haven't pooped in four days. It's terrible. Regardless, um, the fact that excuses are coming out about your team having poop problems, top five excuse of all time. Haven't heard of anything better. If anyone can ever top the poop excuse, um, I'm all poop for gate. it. Yeah, poop. <laughs> poop gate uh, has taken over NCAA football um, and maybe the world. Uh, poop gate is indeed an issue. Please, if you're having indigestion, indigestion problems, consult a doctor, find Pepto-Bismol. But that would conclude our college football segment. Now, look, as I take us in to this draft, look, us here at Clocks on the Stove, this is a democracy. We listen to the people. We we tried to have fun last time around. I guess people don't want fun. People hate fun. People hate fun. We we tried we tried to be non-misogynistic. We tried to involve some girl culture into our all male podcast. Didn't work. Didn't work. I heard I saw Sports and women don't go together. Yeah, yeah, not at all. Not at all. Now I'm not gonna lie, some of the comments people came at us with were some of the had me dying laughing. One was like, holy shit, 106 more episodes of this. Kill myself. Uh find the nine to five boys. Uh unfortunately, I still work a nine to five and still do this. So guess what? I'm still here. And and I think there was another one along the lines of like uh podcast equipment should be more expensive. That was a little overused, so didn't didn't find yeah, it as funny. Fuck you guys. Yeah, but regardless, uh, cyberbullying isn't real. Just turn off your computer. Uh, so you're really you're really not going to get to me. Uh, regardless, we do understand where your frustration comes from. We understand that you are upset, so we will keep this edition of our draft sports related. And what better way to do that than to keep it college football related? Couldn't be more on par. We're gonna go with our best or our favorite college football uniforms. Yes. Now, disclaimer, you cannot pick a team. You have to pick a specific set within a team. So I cannot come out with my first pick and say, give me the Oregon Ducks. That's gay. That's gay. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So, Grayson, why don't you start us off with your number one pick, and I will follow suit with my uh my number one pick on like i see them i'm like that she's clean i'm gonna go oklahoma state blackout unis really that's my number one i'm gonna i'm not, I'm not going like what i think is the best i'm just saying like that's the first one that came to my mind bro why, why are you attacking me uh just interesting first pick i didn't even have them on my have them on my top five let me let me pull these up to show you yeah. yeah, maybe I need to do maybe I need to do my research is what I'm hearing. Uh my number one, although may not typically be known for a football school, I gotta respect the color scheme. It's a classic. They oh, wear it all the time. They wear it all the time. It never gets old. Give me that North Carolina tar heel blue, baby. Damn. I, so I have a similar second pick, but it's same, same, but different. You're talking about uh, the OG unis? Just give me the Tar Heel blue, baby. Blue top, blue helmet, white pants. I was going to do number two, South Carolina, the navy blue with the foot. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. Dude, I'm sending you these. I'm sending you Oklahoma State one right now. Navy blue set. And it has the freaking sheriff cap on it. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I'm saying you the the navy blue. 
No, you've never seen these. They're so tough. I want to be a cowboy, baby. Okay, those Oklahoma States are kind of hard. Okay, uh, now look at this UNC one. Oh, I thought you said South Carolina. No, North the UNC the you know with the foot and has the Tar Heel on it. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I for a second I thought you were just retarded and we're just like mixed up the colors of North Carolina and South Carolina, but it, it seems you did indeed make the right choice. I respect it. Can't go wrong there. All right, your turn. My number two, recently debuted this year, I believe, has easily become one of my favorite uniforms. I love when they wear it. I can't stop watching when they wear it. Give me the Florida State whiteouts. Yeah, I like those a lot too. I do a lot. My number three, I'm gonna go with the LSU alternate jerseys, the white helmets with purple purple jerseys. LSU alternate jerseys. My number three. Now, based off their recent success, I think this uniform has made them look a little bit better. But let me make sure I get this right. But it is a two lane uniform set. Oh, I know you're talking about their. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, let me make sure I get the color combination right. They just played someone in these, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The kind of uh, like Tar Heel blue. Yeah. 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 With that accent green. This one. Yeah. Unbelievably tough. Yeah. Those are tough. Those are tough. Just that was in my top five. Also. Yeah, Tulane, what is that? Tulane powder blue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm not going to take it because we already have two powder blue. You took both of them. Big powder blue guy over here. Um, But another one is the new Houston jerseys. I'm not taking it as a pick. I just want to give it a shout out. Okay. okay. Have you seen them? Uh, maybe. It's a tribute. They're very tough. It's a tribute to the Houston Oilers. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Oh, I think I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're sick. I'm not gonna take them though because I don't want to do three powdered blues, but those are definitely very sick. Um, who's gonna do my next one? I'm trying to like, think of like the conferences and put them together. Hmm. I gotta look at. I gotta look at this. I'm not looking at unis. I'm looking at teams. You can look at unis. I don't care. Whatever, whatever floats your boat, buddy. I already have my number four locked and loaded. I'll pass to you if you want to. If you want to rip yours, um, as long as you don't take it. Yeah, I'll you can't go. take it, Zach. If you're going, I mean, I'm just saying. Like, if I end up saying it, you're gonna be like, "Damn, that's a good one." I wish I would have taken that. Then I kind of feel bad. My number four. Uh, I'm gonna go. With the Stanford Cardinals blackout. Oh, those are tough. Like Andrew Luck time. Yes. Yeah. Um, a lot Christian McCaffrey as well. When they wear those, it's so hard. Yeah, I love it. Those are, those are tough. Oh, dude, I got one. Give me the uh the uh give me a BYU blue out. Okay. 
The BYU, yeah. and they have the, the chrome blue helmets. Yeah. yeah. We got a lot of shit ton of blue on here. Yeah. Very, very blue, blue based. Uh, I'm very tempted to take a JMU uniform set just because my dynasty is in like year eight with them. And I think I've used every single one. <laughs> I think I've used every, every single one uh, of their uniform combinations. But let me see. I want to try to use a color I haven't already used because I've already used Tar Heel Blue and Powder Blue. I've used a whiteout and a blackout. Yeah, I'm trying to get like a color rush jersey. Um, I may just have to take it just because it's a classic. And I don't think there's any better color combination in the world. Oh, oh I got one. I'll, I'll let you go since I won. Give me the uh, San Diego State Aztec uniforms. Which color? They're red and black, and they have the helmet. The helmet and shoulders are Aztec symbols. That's dope. Aztec art. Uh, I'm stuck. In between these one of two teams, it's a classic uniform set. You can't go wrong with it. Um, but I'm gonna do it. I feel, anyway. like there's a, I feel like there's one or two really obvious ones we missed. Well, we haven't said any Oregon ones, but I feel like yeah. that's, that's Oregon we, just wins. They just win. Yeah, yeah, they just win. Um, my number five. I kind of want to just go with one of Notre Dame sets, but like the chrome gold helmet. With like the leaf on it? I mean, they grew green jerseys? Or like an OG one? OG one. Like I definitely want to go Navy. Give me, yeah, give me, just give me Notre Dame's uniform. Uh, Definitely folk, emphasis on the chrome part. Has to be the chrome helmet. I can go either way though. I kind of fuck with when they do um, white pants, navy jersey, or they do um, gold pants, white jerseys. Either way, absolutely sick. Love it. I think it's a classic. Them, like someone in the out in the uniform with it. Oh, I found it. Like these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hard. That's fine. That wraps up everything we got for you for college football for today. Zach Watts, any last words? Go Knowles. Fuck the Gators. Shout out Ohio State. And for the sake of Iowa, Iowa's coach specifically, you better put up 50 on Minnesota or you are fired. Episode 108, college football, week eight.